uh, work sent me off to a client meeting. And they decided, as part of the introduction, to have a picture and three keywords that described each of the people who were meeting with this client. They decided to take a picture of me while I was wearing a shirt that said ACHP for those about to roll and had a big picture of a D20 on it. Presented this to the client with the keywords gamer, metal, and adventure. That's part of why I love gaming, is it's part of the personality that I get to show in my work. My name is Lexi Casson, and I am the Gamerati. Gamerati.com. It's good to be a gamer. Uh, okay. So, Tracy, why are we here? <laughs> well, welcome to this very special episode of the Tome Show Raw with uh, myself, Tracy Hurley, and Jeff Greiner, and Woo-hoo! Sam Dillon. That's Raw as in R-A-W, not R-A-H. Raw. Or maybe, not maybe, R-A- maybe, a little, maybe a little bit of both. Who yeah. knows? It's raw and raw. It is raw. It is unscripted. It is unedited. Um, we are here to talk about today's big announcement. And by today, I mean whatever today's date is. Uh, what is it? January? January 9th, 9th? 2012. There you go. Uh, it was announced this morning that uh, the new version of Dungeons & Dragons is coming our way. Um, so we're going to you know, talk about that and our thoughts on that and our desires for the new edition and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and we'll get this out, you know, what, within 24 hours or so of, of, of recording tomorrow. Although for you, it's today because you're listening to this in the future. Time travel. Dun, dun, dun. So, Tracy, what happened? Watch out for the paradox. Tracy, what happened today? Uh, well, today was just, as you mentioned, uh, which was Coast announced, they're developing the next iteration of Dungeons and Dragons that they're currently kind of calling D&D Next. And although, gonna, although everybody else seems to be call, settled in on 5th edition. Uh, it it kind of depends who you talk to. It's, it, and, it's, and I feel like in a lot of what we're seeing, seeing is that they've, they've sort of decided they don't know what they want to call it yet. Right. So I'll be curious to see how that goes. Because one of the things that, that Mike Marles has said in some of the interviews and things for it is that uh, you know, he wants to get rid of the edition numbering thing if they can, if they can pull that off, mm-hmm. uh, which is admirable. But that also sort of implies that – so this is the definitive Dungeons & Dragons. Like there's never going to be another one, which would be awesome if it's good enough to do that. See, I, yeah. I, I, I'm not sure that's a good idea, actually. I think, I think uh, well, so my, my wild speculation was crushed this morning because my wild speculation for D&D that I've been saying for four or five months is that they're not ever going to come out with a new edition. They're just going to have fourth edition become the sort of evolving Dungeons and Dragons in perpetuity. Uh, and that, so that got crushed. So, but... I don't know that that's a good idea to come out with a new edition, but then not put a number on it. Because what? What if in ten years you want to change? You, or is it still going to be D and D? How are you going to do the naming then? How is it going to be recognizable? Um. Well, I mean, I think so. The hard part about this announcement and and what the line is, is that in a way you weren't necessarily wrong in your speculation. Because we don't know what the underlying system is. We just know that they're trying to cover all editions of D&D in one version. Mm-hmm. Right. So there might be a lot of fourth edition in it. We don't know. 
Yeah. Um, although, I mean, at one point in one of the articles I read, they talked about having a possible um, conversion system for fourth edition. You know, to to convert your characters and the monsters and things, which implies which implies if there's a significant conversion going on, that it's not compatible, even if it is similar. Yeah. Well, I think it might be. Well, if there's a conversion thing, it's compatible but not similar. That would be how I would think of it. But there's there's knows? been a lot of talk about modularity, so I right. think from what from from the things that I've read and heard from Mike Merles, he wants anybody to be able to build their perfect game. So I, I hear modularity when I hear fifth edition or D and D next. Right. And I think a module, and I think they've said that in some of the Legend Lore articles, right? Mm-hmm. Like, right, exactly. Yeah, modularity is going to be key to this, and that's what I wrote about in my article. Is like, it, you you have to have a modular system in order that's based on something that, mm-hmm. as Legends and Lore articles have said in the past, that there are certain things that are just D and D, and if you have them in a core system that pretty much works together, you can add some of the other stuff from different editions on top of it to get the feel that you want, but. There is a core. There is this belief that there's a core D and D experience that they can mm-hmm. they can build around. Yeah, and and I'm not I'm I'm not sure about the modularity issue. The whole idea of a D and D for all editions or for all styles of play or whatever. Um, I do, I don't know how that works in a, in a situation where one version of the game the fighter can go up and hit it with a sword and that's pretty much it. And the other version of the game, the fighter has what is essentially the equivalent of a spell book of different martial sort of powers that he can use. Um, and I'm not sure how you can do an edition where the fighter does both of those. Well, so uh, Steve Winter and uh, I think it was Arcane Springboard were talking about this a little bit on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And I mean, part of it is just that, like in 4E, you have the basic math set up together. Mm-hmm. Uh and so the powers are just taking the basic math and saying, instead of putting some stuff into damage, I'm going to put it into some other cool thing. That's one way you could do it, I guess. Hmm. I mean, and, and, and that's kind of what we saw with Essentials, right? Well, yeah, that's, that was my other thought, is that as I was, as I was saying that, <laughs> I was then thinking about Essentials. It's like, although with 4th edition, they kind of do that, right? There's, right. T- there's just two different versions of the fighter. And there's no reason, and probably in reality it should be this way, uh, that with the new version... That shouldn't just be two different classes, you know? So maybe the fighter does just hit it with a sword. But if you want a type of character that's kind of fighter-ish but does other things, then maybe you play the duelist or whatever this other thing is, you know? Right. And it's right. This- so so you, you, so the way that you could do it is you have – so um, you could have almost like a treed modularity where um, if you want to have – a game where you have several different types of fighters, you drop that sort of character creation module into your game. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to have all those different kinds of fighters sort of being different classes and having very disparate sort of ways that they determine damage and all that stuff, uh, or that char- how, how much damage that character does, then you don't have that module. You have the sort of basic classes module. Right, or if you want to run your your game in a more tactical way, you sort of have the tactical combat module, or you don't have the tactical combat module, or you have the um, sort of the AEDU system type module for combat versus the more narrative 
although I don't I don't necessarily think those two are diametrically opposed, but you understand what I mean, right? So that's how you would do the modularity in that case. But right. depending on whose table you're at, they're going to use different modules, so mix and match. And, and there are some elements that I know they've covered in Legend of Lore, and, and there are some other ones that spring to mind that, that seem like they're already something that's been placed on top of a 4E core that's much smaller than the one that we think of as 4E. Right. You know, things like uh, attacks of opportunity and uh, a lot of the immediate interrupts and stuff, a lot of those could just go away, to be honest, in, well, in not, many games. And so, I mean, it sounds like at the core, you just boil it down to the D20 system that started with 3rd edition, which 4th edition is also partially built on. Right. Mm-hmm. Just the idea of roll a D20, add a modifier, hit a DC. Right. Uh, and that's your... That's your system. You know, okay, I, I guess I'm sold on that it, it, it's possible. You know, and that was one of my concerns, is that can, can, right. can you really have it both ways? Maybe. We'll have to see how they pull it off. Yeah, and, and that's always the devils in the details. Right. No, that's, I mean, sure. Yeah. And we're not going to know for some time, I suspect. Yeah. Um, yes. You know, so we, sh- we should reiterate this. This is complete. This is completely my anything I say is my personal speculation has nothing to do with any knowledge that I have or anything else. Okay, so just to throw that out there, yeah, we are not speaking from a position of of personal knowledge. Um, yeah. So, um, one of, and, and one of the things that, that relevant to what we we're just talking about is that we don't actually know the release date yet. They, they, there's been, so far as I've been, been able to see, absolutely no indicator whatsoever as to a release date. Uh, and, and they've said they'll continue to support fourth edition throughout the development process, which tells me it, the release date could be a significant time off. That would be my guess. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't sure if we dropped, well, I, dropped there for a second, but... Uh, sorry. I, I was waiting for Tracy to... I thought I thought she sounded like she was going to say something, but I, I think it's... Well, that from, from what from what the article said, right, they're going to do ex- pretty extensive playtesting and everything, so official release might be very different from when they expect a lot of people to be playing it in this right. particular well, case. Well, so far, I mean, the timeline we have been told is that some people will get to see it at DDXP when they go, if they go, uh-huh. mm-hmm. which is uh, which is this month, which is this month, right? Uh, there, pretty soon, there's a friends and families play test, friends and family play test, mm-hmm. uh, that some people will get to into the play test process a little uh, sooner, and then sometime I think in spring of this year, if I remember recall correctly, uh, mm-hmm. they will do a more open play test. That sounds and, right. And then I also recall seeing that D and D experience is going to be moving to Gen Con starting in 2013. Yes, right. Which is awesome for me because <laughs> then there's there's only one con I have to worry about covering, and it's the one that I actually get to go to. So mm-hmm. good, good for me. Although it sucks that there's only one con that that really is the D and D con, but good for me. <laughs> uh, no, and, and I'm I'm using for just for the record for everybody. Ian World has a has a, a really good sort of rundown and, and basics of what we know and what we don't know page, and, and they've been good at this since third edition. That's what Ian World was how it started. Right, it started as speculation about third edition and, and what we knew and what we didn't know. So they're good at this, um, and they do say some. What we know is that sometime in the spring. Um, open playtesting should begin. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, people could be, be playing it, you know, as early as this summer. Um, 
now, how long do we expect that playtesting to go? I mean, as I recall, I think uh, Pathfinder did a year of open playtesting. Um, do we expect them to sort of follow the same model? Because it seems it feels a little bit like you know. Anyway, this open playtesting stuff feels a little bit like them saying, you know what, the Paizo guys did this well, and we should emulate a little bit of what they did. Right. Do, do we think they're going to go quite that long with the playtest, or is it going to be a little bit quicker turnaround? Mm, I would think they're probably going to go at least a year. I mean, they may change up individual items that they're playtesting. I don't know for sure, but uh, I I don't I don't think. They can push it quicker than a year. Okay. See, because my, my guess is, or my guess uh, has been that um, one of the possible dates to hit would be for a possible Gen Con of next year release. Right. W- which would make some sense. Um, but well. <laughs> give, give, given that their production and, and printing process and all that can sometimes take you know six months to a year to do, that means the playtesting has to be done with significantly less than a year. Right. So I'm not sure that that's that's the case or not. Um, well, no. I, I, unless they're they're doing playtest and their focus on this year's Gen Con 2012 will be more playtesting and let's show you sort of what we've got and make it a, a big hurrah for D and D next, and then in 2013. Right, but see, so if you if you from now to to this coming Gen Con is eight months, right, and then and then you've got five months after that to get your final proofs to the printer, so that you can have them for Gen Con twenty thirteen. Uh, maybe, so maybe it's doable. But I think that would be really tight because you would need not only a well, theoretically, you would need a PHB and a DMG to begin with, and then hopefully a setting of some type. Or you have one core book. Um, even then, you'd. Still need. You'd have to have the equivalent content. Yeah. Right, right. But I'm just saying, okay, so Pat Paizo did Pathfinder for a year and then they came out with a behemoth 600 page core rulebook. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right? So. But, yeah, but how much of that content isn't exactly different from 3.5? No, no, no. I'm not that, I'm not arguing that point. I'm just saying, like, I'm I'm just adding to the. I'm basically playing devil's advocate that. Oh, yeah. I, it, I don't It could see, be done. I, I, I'm not sure that Wizards would make this announcement now if they didn't have a plan to release 5th edition or D&D next within the next 24 months. And it seems to me that within the next 24 months, the best time to do that would be Gen Con 2013. Especially, I mean, they did very clearly and specifically put an emphasis on from now on we're all about Gen Con. Right. And I totally get all that. I just, no, man, I, I hope they don't. Like it, it would feel maybe a little bit rushed, but I, yeah, yeah, I really hope they don't. But but, but it, it wouldn't <laughs> it, it wouldn't feel more rushed than the fourth edition launch because not because yeah, not, think, not not because it fourth right, edition, fourth edition that, was more launched. It was just that we yeah. didn't we didn't know about fourth edition until it was closer. Yeah, but but the I guess what I'm saying is they've already been working on this for six months, right? And so in my mind, they have a sort of at least a framework that they want to build off of, mm-hmm. and. If part of their team starts working on this full time, I think that by the by by May or June of this year, they could have a pretty nice player's handbook slash DMG. Yeah, I'm not, you know, set up, and then you have a year of playtest with that. I'm not convinced of that. Really? Yeah. But but so then the question that I have for you then is. 
how long can a product be play tested before everybody starts saying, "Well, this is vaporware. This is this is never going to come to fruition because you're, well, I think it's in, in play test." No, yeah. Go ahead. But the thing is, is like you're acting like it's one thing to be, like you're talking as if it's one thing to be play tested. I don't think it's one thing to be play tested. I think. Oh, oh, yeah, no. See, I'm just saying like the main like pl- the first player's handbook and maybe a DMG yeah. or the main. I think even that's all that, I'm talking about. I think even with that though, I think there's a. Fr- I mean, maybe they'll do it quickly. I I kind of hope not because one of the big problems where he had from every everything I can tell is that it went it it was pushed through yeah. too quickly yeah errata 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 well and it's not just errata yeah. it's like the the player's handbook and the the dmg are are missing a ton of information yeah but I, what i'm saying is that if you um if if you, if you were to ask a a, a D player who's not a absolute fanatic but who is interested in the game what the biggest problem with fourth edition was they would tell you the errata it seemed like they didn't play test anything that's what that person would say to you now I I'm a huge D and D fan, and I know a little bit about how things work. So I know that that's not necessarily the case with everything. But if that's the general idea, then that's just the general idea that's out there. It's 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 the sort of opinion of a of a generalized fan community that Fourth Edition's main problem was that they didn't freaking play test. And sometimes perception is reality, right? And and perception for those for those fans, perception is the reality. That that's why I said I know that things are a little different. It's not exactly that way, but well, no, no. I, and I, I think actually, lack of playtesting was actually a huge problem with mm-hmm. fourth edition. Uh, I they didn't do an uh, an extensive external playtest at all, mm-hmm. from what I can uh, sure. tell from people I've talked to. But, but I even think I, in, even internally, but, though, <laughs> uh, yeah. But on top of it, like the um, players' handbook and the DMG. DMG was okay-ish, but the player's handbook was missing just a lot of how you would actually play this game uh, mm-hmm. information. And the, the the modules that came out, uh, Keep on the Shadowfell, also had a problem where nobody knew how to play this game yet when they were writing the stuff. Like mm-hmm. I'm not saying nobody. Uh-huh. That's a hyperbole. But a lot of people, DDI content writers, and people really didn't know how and how 4th edition was supposed to what fourth edition really was like they had this thing but they're still thinking of it from a 3.5 mindset in my opinion mm-hmm. and they didn't understand how to make fourth edition a great game so that's why i'm really worried if they try to push it through by 2013 they're there's i feel that i fear that they're still not gonna know how to present this new product well, so, so so maybe the solution but, is this. Maybe um, by by Gen Con of twenty thirteen, they maybe they have you know they're they're almost done sort of set and they're giving people preview looks and you're playing the game and and whatever. Um, and but then the product is you know because at that point maybe they're done right they've they've written it but it's still at the printer. Um, and then it's actually going to come out you know the next spring. So that by the time people show up to, to Gen Con 2014, they're all playing this game. Right. I think there's going to be a push to have it for 2013. I just, I'm really worried about that. So I, I guess what I was envisioning was maybe they're, um, they're, they're not, they're not going to necessarily have um, a giant rule book. I, I was thinking more like they would have sort of the basic framework of. You know the the sort of raw basics, 
solidified. Mm-hmm. But if they don't and, have the 4E and 3.5 stuff, then I, then what's the point? What do you mean? What? If they don't have the the modularity, the modules for right. adding 4E if, and yeah, if it's well, because be, because for to to have something modular, you have to have a foundation with which to put those modules right. But no, but, but, into but it, Trace, right? But Tracy's saying nobody's going to buy the core system if you don't have any modules to add on. Yeah, yeah. No, I get that. But what I'm saying is. I think they, they, they're going to want to have a product to sell in 2013. And so they're going to have to do something. Well, and I'm sort of with Tracy. I hope they don't rush it, and I hope that they don't completely bung up the playtest. But I'm just saying that they're not going to do this without selling product. It just is not going to work. Well, and, and they've said they're going to continue to support 4th edition, so they'll still be selling some 4th edition yeah, product. But, uh, whether or not that sells has, has yet to be seen. Uh, but one of the things... I, again, going back to to where I think they're emulating a lot of this playtesting concept. Uh, what what Paizo did is they sold the playtest documents. Yeah, I mean, they printed a beta version. They printed a beta version of the rules and sold mm-hmm. that and and made a profit. And so they sold people the same core rule set twice. Mm-hmm. Um, now I don't know if that's the proper way to do things. I don't know if that's the what anywhere what they might might do. Um, but I don't know. Ultimately, we know. Sorry. We, we don't know when it's coming, and there's <laughs> and we have some possible concerns. But at the end of the day, our concerns don't matter because we don't actually know what's going on. Is right? That, is that fair? And I and I think that's one one of the hard things right now is that there's a lot of, well, this is going to be coming, but we don't really know. We're not going to share anything right yet. Right. And for what it's worth, I'm doing my my level best to try to uh, to talk, get some Watsi guys on here in the next month or so and, and talk to them, and we'll see. Uh, it turns out they've got something going on, and, and they're kind of busy, so, <laughs> and, and so we, we may get a chance. To, I, I'm certain that we'll get some chances to talk to them um, in the next couple of years as we learn more and more information. Uh, I mean, with fourth edition, uh, even when they were really tight-lipped about stuff, we even got a, a few uh, exclusive interviews with with some folks at Wizards, so um, I'm sure they'll be willing to work with us, and, and we'll We'll be bringing you as much as we can here on the Tome Show uh, as the process continues. Mm-hmm. Now, so, go ahead. I was just going to say that I think that a lot of our listeners uh, are actually asking themselves the question that you and I talked about before we started recording. Mm-hmm. Do you want to ask that question so we can talk about it? Well, that depends. What which topics were you going to bring up? Because I was going to bring the, a different. Maybe I was going to bring a topic up as well. I don't know if it's the same one. This is the question of uh, a lot of people feel that they're that Watsi is just now getting good at fourth edition. Why are they? Okay. Yeah. Why are they uh, not? Aban- I don't want to say abandoning it, but why are they switching focus onto a new yeah. product when when they've just started producing the things that should have been produced at the beginning of fourth edition. Right. And that feeds into a little bit of, of what I was going to talk about as well. In that, um, you know, is it too soon where on one hand we've said it might, it might be two years before we actually see this product at which, at which point, Mm -hmm. at which point fourth edition actually has a decently long lifespan. Um, that said, um, it still feels really quick and it feels like, it feels a little bit like fourth, at least today, as I'm reading the articles and I'm reading what's been said and I'm reading what the designers are saying about, about what they're working on. It feels a little bit like they're, everybody's throwing fourth edition under the bus. And, th- and that kind of sucks because I love fourth edition. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I just I, – I, I made a post on RPG Geek 
um, the other day where I, I really took exception to the escapist that mm-hmm. escape that article on the escapist the the D and D future or whatever and in it they they sort of quote Mike Merles but the the passage is sort of a half quote and then a half sort of uh, the author wrote their sort of interpretation of what he said and and basically the way that it sounded to my ears was was Mike Merles basically saying and 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 I don't think this is what he meant but this is the way the article presented it was mm-hmm. you know oh well we knew that you know we messed up in some of the design and and we we've lost the faith in what an RPG actually is and I and my thing about that was sort of twofold that, well, first of all, there's a lot of 4E fans. I know there are a lot of people that don't like it, but there are a lot of people that really like it. And so to say that sort of is derogatory to them, but also it's sort of derogatory to all those designers who really worked on 4th edition. And whether you love or hate 4th edition, you yeah. can't say that those designers didn't want to make a good game and didn't put love into their, their craft when they made the game. I mean, it just sounded very derogatory. And, and, and it's, it's kind of ironic because that's the exact criticism that people had about 4th edition is that um, everybody felt like 3rd edition and 3rd edition designers and 3rd edition fans mm-hmm. were being thrown under the bus, you know? So it's right. sort of... It's sort yeah. of the exact problem in the, the, it's, it almost comes off as well screw those fourth edition guys we want to win back the third edition people it's like right well yeah i thought the, you know, we're bringing people together here and i think that's the point i think i th- i think they are trying to bring people together and and i've you know i've talked to mike uh, uh merles uh on occasion and i feel like i i i got i understand the guy decently well at this point um and i don't imagine that he's trying to woo back one group at the expense of the other. I don't think he's saying he prefers the third edition crowd or the older edition crowd to the fourth edition crowd or designers or players. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I do feel like he, his goal is to be more inclusive and, and make the best version of the game. Um, I, it, so Tracy, I was going to say, I, I think there's two things. One, like it's, it's easy. It can be easy. And it's something like they need to try to remind themselves of to forget about the current, that the current audience also has to be wooed. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, like, today, somebody else told me, to, like, oh, this is just proof that 4E failed. And I was like, well, no, I don't I don't think necessarily 4E failed. I think it just didn't succeed enough. And and I think that's the big thing. Like, if, if 4E totally was a failure, but, like the way some, some people are saying, then they wouldn't even care to try to fold it into the bigger tent. Uh, I think it succeeded somewhat, but not enough to... Uh, to to, to push off a new edition for yeah, a few more and, years. And I think that's I think that's fair. I think you know and and you're right. If fourth edition fourth edition had been a, such a complete failure and third edition and three point five were so great, they still own that. <laughs> you know, they could just go back and do third edition. Well I'll do you one better and I'll say that if fourth edition wasn't successful to some extent, uh, Hasbro probably would just sell them off. Let let the license no they probably wouldn't sell it. Hasbro has a history of just making the license go dormant. It's like mm-hmm. the Transformers. They held the Transformers license and let it be dormant for 15 years, and then they decided they were going to license it out, and then they made a movie, and they made more toys, and blah, 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 blah. They could do that with D&D just as easily as they could do it with any any of their other product lines. Mm-hmm. And if yeah. D&D wasn't viable and they didn't believe in it, they would do that. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know that Hasbro even... I don't know that Hasbro is that involved in the day-to-day affairs as ha- I, as, Hasbro, I, as I as I understand it. Yeah, Hasbro's so looking, has, Hasbro ha- looks for a number and they don't No, care. no, no. Ha- right, but see that's the thing. So Hasbro looks for a number, which means if D&D isn't meeting that number or doesn't if they can't convince because the way that it's set up, you know, Magic the Gathering is sort of Watsy's cash cow, right? But 
D&D is separate from Magic the Gathering, even within WotC and even within Hasbro. And if Hasbro requires product line to have a certain minimum amount of money in order to stay viable or in order to keep getting supported, then that's just the way it is. And if they didn't believe that D&D was able to garner the kind of money that they need their product lines to garner, they would just shelve it for a while. Yeah, and they could. So, uh, yeah, and so there's lots of things that could have happened. Um, ultimately, uh, like you said, and I, and I made this comment uh, on Twitter this morning when when I was thinking about the announcement and all that, that, uh, you know, it does feel like in the last year or so, and, you know, for Wizards, it's been two years they've, since they've started the work, that they've just gotten really phenomenally good at fourth edition design. Um, right. So, you know, it's kind of a disappointment that, oh, you've, you've finally just gotten it. You've gotten it right. You know, you've nailed it, fourth edition, finally. And now we're... we're starting to, to phase it out on the other hand the people with the company that feel like that, that I th- I, you know that, that I think are involved in the in that process of just finally nailing it are also probably the same people that are now designing the new edition so if they nailed it with fourth edition hopefully they'll nail it even better with the new version yeah and I think a lot of the stuff that they've learned over the last two years or so are, are things that are going to be able to pull right over into the, the new edition, the or new version. Um, the things that will be hard are, are just, I think, I think the part that they still haven't nailed well is, is the DM advice. And, yeah. and, and that's the part that, that has me a little worried. Cause I haven't heard that. I haven't heard them talk about that much. And the modularity is great, particularly with the, on the, on the player side and everything. But, uh, how do you, how do you explain all this to a DM? Mm-hmm. And on top of it, how do you, how do you get a new DM involved? Um, and those are things that I'm kind of concerned about it, but, uh, you know, I'm optimistic about, and hopefully they'll, they'll figure it out or they'll, maybe nope. they'll find other ways of providing that information. They'll just link to all of our sites. <laughs> and we'll, if only they had a column that and, did that and we'll already. Take care of it. <laughs> no, and I think I think that's right. I think the DM could have used, and it's funny because that's right and it's wrong. Uh, fourth, with fourth edition, I feel like the DM never had it better in terms of yep. de- in terms of design. Like, if I want to design a story, if I want to design a monster, if I want to design much of anything, I'd prefer to design in fourth edition for my game, for my, you know, that nobody ever sees. I'm not making, I'm not publishing adventures or anything like that, you know? If I'm just designing stuff for me, fourth edition is, is the game I want to design in. It's the game I want to do prep in more than any other game I've ever prepped for. Um, but, but you've been but you've been a, a DM for a long time. And that's you've been abused by the previous so, system. And, that, and that's where... true. That's true. <laughs> but but at the same time, I think I think where you're right is in terms of design, this edition has been great. In terms of telling me how to actually do it at the table, there, there's been a lack of a clear right. a clear voice there. Yeah, and, and I mean, I know it hasn't come out yet, but when we talked about the Book of Vile Darkness, that was one thing that came up was, like, there's a lot of stuff that you can just lay into your campaign, and it's awesome, but there isn't necessarily a lot of uh, translate this exactly into how you would do it at the table mm-hmm. uh, sort of thing going on. So yeah. if you want to hear more about that. Book of Vile Darkness episode coming out when Sam tells me it's ready. <laughs> It'll be this week. So, all right. So we we do have something we're talking about on this podcast where we know the actual release time. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we do. (laughs) (laughs) 
Although we don't want to go too heavy because uh, Dice Monkey Radio is also recording an episode like right now mm-hmm. uh, about today's announcement. And so a, a day or two after you guys are listening to this, there will be another episode about this topic with completely different people mm-hmm. on, on the feed. So look out for that too. And then a couple <laughs> days after that, there will be a couple more, days without – show. Yeah. Yeah. A couple days after that, we'll have uh, some other things. We've got a book club episode and uh, the Book of Wild Darkness episode to come out. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, I think they're going to be able to pull a lot of what they've been doing with uh, fourth edition lately, and and bring it into the new edition and make that really awesome. Yeah. I really just sort of wish it would be almost completely compatible. <laughs> you know, I want to be able to just pull out the monsters and stuff that I have and use them in a new edition. But that's, I mean, I you know. say that, you say that, but. But that's sort of, you're just, that's what everybody says. Oh, I don't want to switch to something new because it's really easier because I just got really good at this or whatever. I mean, that's that's sort of a natural response. But the but what's going to happen, though, in reality, Jeff, I'll just tell you, is stuff's going to come out and you're going to be like, ooh, new shiny. <laughs> and you're going to get it and play with it. And you're going to be like, wow, this is really cool. Oh, it won't even take that and, long. In, in, about, yeah. in about a month, I'll be completely over all of my reservations mm-hmm. and I'll just be gung-ho. Yeah. The same thing happened when 4th Edition was announced. It's like, oh my yeah. gosh, this hurts so bad and I don't want to deal with it and maybe I'll just end the podcast and quit playing D&D and I was, I was almost done and, and then about yeah. a, month, a month goes by and I, and I get over it and I start to learn some more things and it's like you know what so, this sounds cool I'll give it a shot so Jeff here, here's what you do is you, you just invest in some weight out Right. I mean, for you, it's just mechanics anyway, right? There's, I mean, there's no story there. So you just white out the damage expressions and the, the bonuses to hit, and you write in the, whatever the new numbers are going to be, and then you can use your book. But then what if I want to go back and actually play 4th edition? I can't do it. Forget white out. Just be like a slight flourish and use a giant Sharpie. Yeah. You know what? This is getting into, um, into the, the, the topic of what do we want then for the new edition, because, ah. because one of the things I want for the new edition that would alleviate alleviate a lot of those fears is I want fully functional at release digital tools. Cause one of the things that I love about fourth edition is that how, how easy it is for me to tweak and design my own monsters right. as a DM. Um, and I don't want to have to do that on paper again. Like I did the first year of fourth edition or maybe two years of fourth edition or whatever it was. Um, you know, because that's something I sort of got into about halfway through fourth edition, and and it's been huge for me. Uh, and I think if I could do that right away, that would be a, a, go a long ways to making it easy for me to buy in. And as much as other people have also complained that I don't want to have to be reliant on uh, the char- a character builder or whatever to make my characters, mm-hmm. um, I do because building in the character builder is so much better and it's so much easier than building anything in any previous edition ever. I mean, I, I think I've recently actually decided to drop out of a third edition game that I've been playing for eight or nine years now, just because my character died and I don't want to take the time that it takes to build a new character. I mean, that is the one thing stopping me from keeping going in this game that I've been playing for almost a decade is I just don't want to take the time to build a character. I don't, I don't have that time anymore. I'm the opposite of you. I, I want it to not just not take that long to build a character. I don't want to have to use something digital because I don't always have access to it. Well, you, so you, I don't, you, I don't, you, you don't have to, you can build a fourth edition character just, just fine but without the digital I don't stuff. Want, right. But then it takes two and a half hours and I don't well, want it to take two and a half hours. Well, that, it doesn't that, have to. That, that was true in third edition too. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And I didn't like it in third edition yeah. either. <laughs> okay. That's fair. But, the, that's but fair. the great thing about the modules is that both of you, the modular concept is that both of you could be satisfied 
Exactly. I mean, and that's, yeah, right. Exa- that's exactly what I was kind of pointing sorry. at. Was, that's what I hope. No, 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 no. You, no, it's perfect. It's good. So that's, that's exactly what I, what I think it, it if, if I, this is sort of what I think Mike Merles's vision is. Right. Is that the, that two people, one of them who says, I want a ton of digital tools because I want to fiddle, 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 and I don't want it to take forever, can sit and play the same basic game with someone who says, I don't want to have to fiddle with the digital tools. Well, right. I, I, yes and no. I mean, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, well, I don't, they, I don't mean, I don't mean necessarily the same thing. I mean, they could sit and play the same, the same game. As in D and D, well, right, but I mean, not the same at the same table necessarily. But, but at the end of the day, this is all great in concept. In reality, they have limited resources to invest on developing things. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if there's only a certain percentage of people that are playing a certain way, they're not going to develop digital tools for that, or they're not going to develop continued support for that, or whatever, because nobody's playing that, or not enough people are playing that to make it economically viable for them. You know, so there, so there's an issue too. But I, but I, that's not what I hear Mike Merle saying. What I hear Mike Merle saying is that his vision is to create a D and D that anybody could make their own game and play it, and that means anybody who started playing in 1974 and still plays first edition, and anybody playing 3.5 or Pathfinder, and anybody playing fourth edition. Okay, so. Okay. So, <laughs> no, I'm not no. saying it's realistic. I'm saying this is what his I read as his vision. Well, right, but, well, no. but at a certain point, reality has to has to come in here too. Well, sure. yeah, but I mean, the, the I think the camp's one that wants to have uh, a character that's complex enough to that a, a digital uh, character builder is a useful asset, and the camp that wants a very simple, easy to roll character. I think mm-hmm. those camps are both pretty big, big enough that it it, it makes sense you for them to. To to uh, to try to cater to both of them. Mm-hmm. On top of it, so how did uh, non weapon proficiencies work before third? Uh, it was basically was that, like, it, it was basically layout system anyway. Uh, I didn't hear what your question was. What was your question? Non weapon proficiencies prior to third. Um, as as what we, about them? As she wanted to know how they worked. As as we played oh. them. As we played them in in AD and D second edition. Um, they were, I mean, it was basically skills, but you either just had them or you didn't. There were no ranks. There was no score. Right. There was, you know, mm-hmm. so you, you, but not everybody played with them. Right. Cause I thought they were that's, an option. That's right. Is that they, right? Okay. They were. Yeah. And I know we, I had always played with well, them since day they, one, so I didn't, they were optional the same way that encumbrance was optional where it was in the rule set. <laughs> but lots of people were just like, forget it, I'm not using that. Right. Lot, it's it's the same thing that people did with basic D&D when they had they threw skills into it. And a lot of people said, oh, I don't need that in my game. So, so it was in the rules as written. It's just some, sure. people, just some people didn't use it. Right. right. Okay. No, and, and, and part of my I, – I don't, I don't know how modular is going to work, uh, obviously. And there's still a lot of concerns there because – for different reasons than I stated at the beginning of the recording, I think um, – because I also have this issue of uh, I like to include everything, right? How do I include everything if it's a completely different game, depending on what I'm playing? And if it is a completely different game, if what I, uh, depending on what I'm playing, then why am I not just playing GURPS, which has been doing this for decades? How, how is how, how is how is how is this other 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 than it's 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 be- it's better, right? Uh, I'm doing air quotes. Other than it's better, how is this different than GURPS? As a concept, uh, I don't know enough about GURPS except that I know some 
of my friends really love it and other people absolutely hate it. It's different because, well, so, so here's the problem. I can't answer that question because I haven't seen the new D and D, but in my mind, it would be different because, um, in this case, you're, you're mixing and matching a known set of things. You're not just playing with certain rules because you're changing genre and GURPS basically just wants to be the system that can do anything in any era, in any genre, it, with envisioning any piece of equipment for any timeline, no matter what. And that's not what I mean by modular in terms of D&D. Right. Um, so, I mean, and I mean, I'm totally just guessing off the top of my head here. But, I mean, I could see there being alternate versions of a skill system, uh, one that maybe is more uh, mechanical, like 3.5 is, and another one that is based off, you know, something similar to uh, Dresden Files or or another indie, uh, quote-unquote, indie game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you would, just and- get, you would just get to the skills chapter in the core book, and it would say, here are three different ways to do skills, pick one. I could see that working. And the thing is just like, depending on the tenor of the game you want, you would pick one. Okay. So it's not, Uh, but, but it's not a matter of, um, if you, you know, here's the core set. And if you want to play D and D in the old school style, go by the, the old school supplement. Or if you want to play the fourth edition style, go by the, you know, that style supplement. Well, I think, I think there's going to be some of that too, but sometimes mechanics have to be tied to, uh, if if not rules like if not, um, think of Dark Sun. Yeah, think, think, think of like magic in Dark Sun is like a modular. It's the way to yeah. module put that magic into a module, right? And if Ravenloft came out, that would probably have some different stuff. And we've seen different stuff for uh, um, the Shadowfell. Mm-hmm. Okay, but now now yeah, see now now you're giving me descriptions of stuff that is completely not at all different than anything that's ever been done. And I don't think that's what they're saying. I guess I'm just having a really hard time conceptualizing how this can possibly happen. (laughs) The concept of modularity works for me in theory, but in practicality, I can't figure out how this works in a way that doesn't either come off as GURPS or it's just another addition and we're going to do things the way we've we've always done them. And and I think it's going to be somewhere in between, but... But I don't seem to know how that's going to work. I think, I mean, I, I feel, I wonder, okay, I guess this is a better way to put it, if if it's going to be kind of like a lot of the stuff that happened in 4E, uh, but without the uh, constraints that 4E had that you're going to have a particular style of play. Because, I mean, there's a lot of, mod- there's a fair bit of modularity even within 4E when you start t- looking at PHP 3, for instance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the... The, the, that system is it powerpoints no it's not powerpoints yeah oh okay i can't yeah. recall because i've never played mm-hmm. <laughs> other than php3 game day i don't think i've played a uh, <laughs> php3 character but i mean that's that's a, a another way of doing uh player characters that I, I i wonder if some of the choices some of the Modularity is going to be on the player side, like as in uh, what class you you build it 
and which which builds you pick. And then other things are going to be uh, more setting-specific, and the DM gets to choose those modules, so, depending on the feel of the game. So if I'm understanding what you're saying, then, it's, it's actually going to be... You're speculating it's going to be uh, pretty much the way it is with every other edition, except that in terms of how to play the game, they're, they're going to leave it much more open. I, I have a feeling... Like, I... It's it's gonna be it's gonna be a new edition, but it's a new edition that 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 like previous editions before fourth didn't tell you a proper way to play the game. Yeah, and I think some of the I think I feel like some of the editions before fourth had their core rules still suggested a particular game experience. And, and that that may be. I, I wouldn't argue with that. I, I wasn't in a position or or play, I, place in life where I was analyzing them in that way at that time. So. I, I think, Jeff, I think the problem with ha- answering your question, because I, I don't know how to answer your question, I, I think the problem is that when someone says, 4th edition just doesn't feel like D&D, <laughs> and you ask, I mean, and lots of people I know have said that, and you ask them why or what it is about it that doesn't feel like D&D, they can't give you a really coherent answer right because if you ask five of five of them that say that their answers invariably differ a great deal in some cases and so i think part of the part of the challenge maybe that the, that they're having with the or that they will have or that they already have realized that they have or whatever with the next edition is that that thing is sort of ethereal in a way. Mm-hmm. And what they tried to do was figure out what it is that mm-hmm. makes D&D feel like D&D. And those are the mechanics that they're allowing to either... They're either going to solidify something that absolutely that is D&D and it has to stay that way because as soon as you change that, it's no longer D&D or doesn't feel like D&D to a large majority of the population. And that everything else can be modular because whether you take it out or put it in, it's still D&D at its core. Yeah, okay. well... And- and so, I so, it's, so it's just a new edition, but with some more um, with with a higher percentage of optional rules. Potentially, <laughs> I mean, I got into a discussion with somebody today. Uh, they were talking about that they hoped fourth edition didn't have powers, which is one thing I hope that they kind of keep. Um, <laughs> and they're like, "Well, you know," and I, I got upset in a way, like not overly upset, but it was just like. Dude, well, what did you? What do you think? Uh, special abilities and extraordinary abilities in three point five are like they're. Mm-hmm. I mean, presented differently, but they're pretty much powers. Right. And and the. But, but not everybody had them, and, and and that's sort of the way that worked. Like and not uh, not, not everybody had them, but a lot of them did. A, a, a significant, but but the the standard sort of assumption was is that most people didn't have those right. kinds of powers. And yet, if you look at Pathfinder, the way that they've been increasing stuff is most of the new builds have them. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, I, I mean, there I, I are hit, people I hit it who with want my, to play that fighter. I, but I, hit, I hit it with my sword, it starts to get old. Yeah. But so it's hard. So like, the, it's just the name powers a lot of times really upsets people. Or how it was presented because it looks so much differently than the older editions. Like, Oh, it must be totally different because yeah. it's presented differently. You know, it, it, it's actually kind of funny because if, if we could manipulate time <laughs> yeah. and, and not, and, and we're not going to change a single word of anything that's, that, was, <laughs> that was, that was published for, right. for, for fourth edition. Mm-hmm. If essentials had come out first, right. Fourth edition, I think would have a much bigger fan base 
would be, would have been much more successful and would still be going strong today, and we wouldn't be talking about a new edition. Right. Because I think it – I mean, Essentials does a lot of what you're talking about, and it provides you options, right? You can play the guy who just hits it or – you know, and maybe just has a handful of options, uh, which is a little bit more options than you had before. Or you can play, you know, the guy who's got all kinds of powers all over the place, uh, and all of that's fine. Um, and then sort of from there go into what became the first, second, and third player's handbook – and, and all those different options. And I think people would have you know, embra- either taken it, embraced it, and used it, or just said, you know what, fine, I'll keep playing with the essential stuff. And or they would the have other- said, oh, P- PHB 3, that's a stealth edition 4.5. <laughs> well, and then the other thing is, like, it, it, particularly if you could just take out uh, a lot of the DDI articles, particularly ones before R&D was looking them over, uh, mm-hmm. it, if I have to point to, to one thing that really made 4th edition hard on people... I I really think it was the DDI stuff. In terms of brokenness mechanicals and, and well, brokenness mechanicals also. So between all of the books they were publishing, and all the DDI articles they were creating every month, there was there there wasn't enough design room to not have classes start looking like each other. Sure. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and and I guess yes, and that's not new. Because um, third, oh, yeah. third edition had had a had an even bigger uh, publishing rate because they were putting out two books a month one one core book and one Forgotten Realms book plus the magazines which is the equ- equivalent of the DDI articles and so you know they were producing more content in third edition but one of the big differences uh, is that they only had the, the core set of classes. And so they weren't developing new classes, so they didn't. They weren't going to start looking like each other because you weren't designing that. You were you were focusing your design on other things. Well, and on top of it, well, there was a bigger design space because you could do st- part of uh, what your character. A lot of your character could do is stuff that was not "quote unquote" combat stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other thing is, did they have a character builder for that? Uh, they didn't. Well. <laughs> <laughs> the, Tell the truth, Jeff. The, 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 the short answer is no. Right. The long answer That's is the, the long answer is they kind of did at first, and then it flopped, and then some third party people did something that was better, but it wasn't nearly as widespread use, and it's still around today. Uh, right. But, but it, wasn't, it wasn't as widely adopted, so you right. couldn't see it as easily. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Okay. So that was weird. Hello. Hey. We back? Yeah, sorry about that. I was, um, I'm, as we're talking, I'm playing with my Aaliyah tools magnets. Mm-hmm. And I happened to drop them, and they hit, just barely grazed the corner of my laptop, and my laptop went to sleep. Oh, no. <laughs> oh you know what it is? It's because it's, it's my laptop, and that's where the magnets on the cover usually hit. Nice. And okay, I was worried that I fried something in my computer, but but I j- it just thought the lid was closed. Okay, now I understand. <laughs> But Are me, you recording again? Uh, you know what? Let me tell you how awesome uh, Audio Hijack Pro is. Uh, it stopped recording when the call stopped, and when the call started again, it automatically started back up again. Nice. So we are – yeah, we're still recording. So, yeah, I'm sorry about that. I, technology. I'll, I, <laughs> I should stop playing with stuff while, while, we, while we chat. So, so where were we? Um, I guess I talked about some one of my desires, my hopes for – what fifth edition is going to have in terms of um, being easy to design like it, like fourth edition is being easy to prep like fourth edition is and having fully functional um, digital tools, at least monster builder and character builder at launch. 
Th- th- that's what I want. There's my dream. What do you guys want? Tracy? Uh, so, part of what I want is more DM support. Uh, I'd also love... I've been going, looking through a lot of the old uh, like Dungeon and Dragon magazines, the print edition ones, and mm-hmm. they seem to have a lot more tutorials and stuff like that in there. Hmm. And I'd love to see more of that. Now, I know the community kind of does some of that, but sometimes it's nice to have uh, something that's been vetted hmm. uh, or worked on with r and I just... I like a lot of the 4 content, but sometimes I feel it's a little too heavy. Or, um, mm-hmm. and, and, and I like some stuff that's, that's lighter, uh, that's easy, mm-hmm. easier to quickly say, oh, I, I know exactly how I'd use this in my game sort of thing. Darn wizards going, <laughs> going too heavy on us. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I pitched some articles like that and their response was, hey, that sounds like a really great blog post. You should write that for a site somewhere. Yeah. They, <laughs> they, they definitely, they definitely seem to have a belief that the... Dungeon and Dragon are for advanced audiences, which is cool, but um, nice, I don't know. Nice I don't buy mix. it. A good mix. Yeah, I, I like a, I like more of a mix. Yeah. All right, Sam, what do you want? Um, I want something that's completely unrealistic from a business standpoint. What I want is... I want fifth edition or D and D next or whatever they're, you know, want to calling it. Uh, I want it to last at least fifteen years, and I want it to not produce a hardbound book or two every month for the first two or three years. And I want them to really be able to focus on making good stuff, have enough fluff in there to satisfy people who want lots of background. And who don't maybe have a big history or background where they read a lot of fantasy or they've seen a lot of fantasy movies or, you know, I I want them to sort of start with the assumption that maybe some of the players have never had this experience at all. And those people need to have their hand held a whole lot. And so we need to produce products like that a little bit, you know. Why, you know, how tall is a goblin and what is it dressed like and how many goblin cultures are there maybe and, you know, things like that where, you know, I mean, it needs to be interesting and then, of course, they're going to have to sell books, but you know what I mean. And I I don't want to have to spend, uh, you know, the first three years maintaining my book collection and not having enough time to read them in between because they come out too fast. Yeah, but I also I also want them to stay in business, you know, and I and I want yeah. them to have play test. I want them to play test heavily so that you know you know what I'm saying. Uh, uh, yes and no. On on one hand, I, I totally agree uh, because I look at the last year or so and and the quality that they put out when they take their time uh, is is awesome and much better, and and I really appreciate that. Um, on the other hand, when a new edition comes out, if you want it to feel like D and D. There are certain things that that the grognards like us are used to existing in D and D, you know. Right. So Jeff, let me let me let me cut you off. Let me wait, wait, wait. Let me cut you off, and let me let me say let me say some words to you. Forgotten Realms is still there. You still (laughs) have all that knowledge, 
And it doesn't take that much work to take all the fluff of Forgotten Realms and use it in your current system game before they put a giant book out for it. Okay? And, and actually, you're, you're off base entirely on my concern because, uh, <laughs> because the For- Forgotten Realms has been announced that they will be supporting it from the beginning. But I, but I'm speak. I'm. So. I don't, it's not just about Forgotten Realms. It's about a whole bunch of other things that everybody's going to want too. Right. No. No. And I'm just telling you my, that my concerns aren't setting though. Um, you know, to me, when I started playing D and D, for example, uh, it may not have been commonplace, but psionics existed. You know, um, there were certain kinds of magic items that were just part of the core experience. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and for for fourth edition, for some of those, it took two three years to get some of those 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 core experiences out. And so, if you mm-hmm. slow down production, my concern is it's going to be so long before people get the stuff that they feel like they they want to have in their D and D that you're going to have some of those same complaints of, well, this isn't my my D and D because I can't do the stuff that I used to be able to do in D and D. Right, except here's the thing, though. You and I and Tracy just talked about how their latest releases in the past six or eight months have been the best for 4E ever. And part of that, I maintain, is because they slowed down, Mm -hmm. they cut a bunch of stuff off the calendar, and they said, let's really spend a lot of time making this the best product possible. And that's what they released. I am nodding emphatically because I agree absolutely. But it's it's a double-edged sword, I guess is my point. Yeah. Well, so the, I think the key is whether or not they can come up with a converter. Yeah. If they, if they can convert previous content, including 43, 3X, and 2E even content into this new system, mm. then your stuff works. Yes. I don't know how that's possible. I mean, I mean they, they, could, well, I don't. They, they couldn't write a converter from third to fourth. So how are they going to do a converter that, that third and fourth go into fifth? Well, um... Third into fourth, I can understand. I, I, I think there are lots of things in fourth that just make it harder, harder to convert a system that didn't have an escalating path, mm-hmm. and had um, crazy magic <laughs> in the fourth. But I think you could convert fourth into a system that otherwise supports crazy ma- magic and a non-escalator. Mm. So you could convert fourth into third, you think, but you can't convert third into fourth. I think so. Okay, that's fair. I think that's that's probably true. Because I mean, ultimately, the the core system, uh, even a lot of the math is is fairly congruous. I mean, I I don't know. I haven't tried it, but I I have a feeling that 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 may be true. Mm-hmm. Um, shoot, there was something I was going to say that I wanted to see. Oh. I want to see a less restrictive uh, game system license. Uh, yay! <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Uh, and, and a large part of that is, is uh, like you said, you got some responses that that would be great as a blog post. The problem is, is that it's it, it's not really worth my time a lot of times to make stuff into blog posts. Mm-hmm. If I can make something into something I can sell, that that's different. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. uh, and 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 then it makes it uh, something that makes sense for me to uh, to work on. Let me let me tell you that that goal that you that or that that desire or want or whatever that you have I have that too but it's pretty much diametrically opposed to what I just proposed because they can't have a non-restrictive game system license and then also not produce a lot of content because all that content will be produced by fans who will sell stuff and then yeah. Then it's Watsi com- competing with the fans, and then they're going to be compelled to keep producing three books a month, and then two mm. books a month. Well, and- to, some well, de- but, to some degree, yeah. But 
So first of all, I said less restrict- restrictive, not necessarily mm-hmm. uh, not, not, not 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 OGL. Sure, uh, and, sure. Yeah, no, no. I, and I, I the other thing is, like, they've already said that there are areas. I mean, through the response to Jeff, they've said that there are areas that they are not interested in monetizing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if they if they make a license that makes it possible to monet- for other people to to spend resources to serve those areas, then that's that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, I, yeah, I understand. I'm, I, but but see that I guess my fear is that with a less restrictive license. Uh, people would jump in and fill in even with stuff that they do want to monetize. And so then Watsi's not, you know, Watsi's either going to have to produce a whole lot of stuff fast so that they don't get scooped by a third party, which sort of is against what I, what I wanted. And, or they just don't have a license where third party well, products are possible. Well, to be honest, I don't think they have to worry about getting scooped by anybody. Well, right, and and, and some of that happens anyway, right? I mean, um, uh, yeah. in fourth edition, Goodman Games quote scooped mm-hmm. Watsi on several classes. They I mean they published the Assassin and a bunch of other stuff yeah. before Wizards did, and that did not reduce the amount of interest in Wizard stuff at all. And part of that had to do with I I, I think a lot of that has to do with well, char- the character builder not being open. To, yeah, that's the third party yeah. stuff. Right. Which, so, which, which, in fairness, I don't think it has to be. I mean, I, yes, I want a character builder that is customizable so I can, I can customize and put in my own uh, third-party feats or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. But at the same time, I don't feel like Wizards of the Coast necessarily has to feel like they're an under, under an obligation to support other people's stuff. Like, support your stuff and make it awesome. Uh, and that, I'm okay with that. You don't need to – you're not under an obligation for your business to help other people with theirs. If that makes sense, like like open it up to, that they can use your stuff or what, or what have you, but that doesn't mean that's not the same thing. Am I making sense at all? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Silence. Dun, dun, dun. What else? What else do you want, Jeff? You want really good digital tools? What else? I'm good. I think. Well, I mean, given the amount of information we have. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. You know, I might have more desires as, as things go on, but that's where we're at. But I, so I think I think we're good. I think we've uh, you know we've talked for an hour and a minute, so that's probably a good place to, to wrap things up. If if we have any last thoughts, now's the time to share them. Um, any special guests you want to bring in? The the, the Skype list <laughs> is, is getting longer. We can bring some people in for one last. You know, here's what I think, and then and then hang up on them. <laughs> you want to bring Randy in? We can do that. I don't think Randy wants to just uh, say his piece and go away. He, yeah. <laughs> okay. He wants to, okay. he wants to actually have a conversation. So well, if we, you just want somebody to come on and say hello and then goodbye, it's he's probably not the right. one. Well, then we will encourage Randall to appear on the Dice Monkey Show because they're recording. They just started, uh, you know, half an hour ago, uh, and so he should go join them. And then that that episode will come out a couple days or a day or two after this one comes out. But I think we're done. We want to thank all of you. We want to thank Wizards of the Coast for giving us exciting news. Um, I want to thank Sam because, you know, he's awesome. <laughs> he's, he's our guest for the episode. Thanks, although, al- although you ha- I mean, you have your hand in every episode that comes out, right? But, but you're, you're, yeah. you're not off on the air as much. So um, I think it's, it's great having you here. Um, you know, Tracy, you're all right. Yeah, <laughs> I know you're, you're trying to replace me. I'm getting old. No, no, no. I'm trying to replace me with you. <laughs> you, you how do you still not get this? 
Um, and I want to thank, um, oh yeah, uh, our sponsor, Gamerati.com and Gamerati.tv. So people should go check them out. Uh, totally. Anyway, anyway, that's it. We're done. We're not doing the normal spiel and, the, and all that because we're raw. On this episode of... <laughs> oh, sure. You got to get in the echo. <laughs> but, but I'm not editing in. So if you want the echo, you have to say it. No. The tone. The tone. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, 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 look who just came on. <laughs>